0: This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that this is a rhema, a a word for Church on the Rock. It's just not something pulled out of a file. It's, It's this is what God is saying to Church on the Rock. And, Lord, I pray that we'd have ears to hear and hearts to receive and and feet to action and and hearts to believe your word today. Amen. Say, I'm a believer today, and I'm not a doubter. All that God has for me, I'm going to seize the moment. In Jesus' name, amen. It says we are God's 300 on a mission to save the world. And when we say save the world, every one of you have your own worlds, and your own world is different than my world. And I believe that you are God's ambassador. You are God's plan. He doesn't have a backup plan. Uh, my God's plan is not for me to come into your world and save the people in your your world. Hello, Chris. Didn't see you out there up here from Florida. Amen. But God has you, everybody hit your neighbor and said, God has a world for you to save. You have a world. There are people in your life that that, that it's a mandate from heaven. It's it's something that God is saying, thus saith the Lord, I want you to do this. In fact, I challenge you to write down... 10 or 15 names of people that you know that are neighbors or family people or or people at work that you know do not know Jesus Christ and make a pledge and a commitment to God that you will not rest and you will not stop until these people know Jesus Christ. I, I did that in 1986. I wrote down about 12 names of people that did not know the Lord, and some of these were tough cases, but... Over the years, I kept praying for them. Over the years, I kept looking for that opportunity to say something. And brothers and sisters, some of these were tough ones. Some of these were the nuts that people say, nuts, nuts that people say that you can't crack that nut. They're too hard. They're too far away. God's nothing on their mind. I had about three what you would call that that people say there's no way those people will be saved. If you go up and grab my Bible up in my office where those names are written down, you will see that every name is checked off and a date is put beside it because these people came to the Lord that were in my world. Somebody say amen. I have a world... I'm God's 300. Where would you get that title, God's 300? We're a church that about 300 of us are here every Sunday. And and when I ask God about evangelism uh, uh, situations or what we should do to get out in the community right now and what we should do on this, that, and the other, you know what I've been hearing God say? Uh, I've been hearing him say not even to do things in the immediate community. In fact, we're going to take on a school in DeKalb where we're going to provide uh, Christmas to 318 kids that 75% of them are are in poverty uh, income and 4% are homeless. But the reason we want to take that on is it's not something we benefit from personally. That we're going into a season that we're here to give of ourselves to people. But I feel like God's not like that, that we're supposed to do something right In the immediate, something big like that. You know what I'm hearing God say? I'm hearing him say that the plan and what I'm to preach and what I'm to teach right now is that God's 300 that come to church every Sunday, that we leave this doors and we go to our parking lot and get in our cars and go to our homes and go to our works and go to our neighborhoods and turn them upside down for Jesus Christ and bring people to the Lord. I believe in, I believe in a congregation this size that there should be salvation every day. Anybody out there say amen are you are you with me today? That someone should come to Christ daily. Somebody say daily I believe that, that, that word of knowledge, that, that somewhere out of this 300, that, that somebody needs to give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, a gift of the Spirit to help someone to come to Christ this week. I believe that someone outside of this church that you're talking to in your world, I believe someone is supposed to have hands laid on them and healed this week. I believe that a miracle's supposed to happen this week. I, b- I believe that prayer, I believe that encouragement's supposed to happen this week. I believe that salvation's supposed to happen this week. And brothers and sisters, we have gotten comfortable and we have set back to where church is something we just come to. Sorry, we just come to and we soak in the blessings of God. That's good. It's good to soak in the blessings of God. It's good to celebrate. It's good to laugh together and to to dedicate babies together and to worship together we're supposed to do that but brothers and sisters don't wait on people to come to the church to come to know Jesus Christ. We got to get out of these walls and go into the highways and the byways and your workplaces and we need to compel people that they need to come to Jesus Christ. Alex, I'm telling you that your gym is a mission field. That when all and you know it, brother, you do it. And when all these guys come in and learn their mixed martial arts, that you're giving them kingdom principles. Kingdom peace, kingdom words. When you're going to your workplaces, you're not just sitting around the cooler, taking in the dirty jokes and the coarse jesting and foolish talk, but you're someone that stands in integrity, and people know in that place that you're a Christian, and you're not ashamed of the gospel of of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Is anybody in the house today? I'm telling you that we are God, somebody say God's three hundred. Come on, say it with com- conviction. Say it with some belief. I'm God's three hundred. I'm one of God's three hundred to go out and to take this world for Jesus Christ. Glory to God. That's burning in my heart. That's burning in my heart. That's burning in my heart. That's what if. If Jesus was standing in this pulpit and preaching to this church today, this is the message he would preach. It's burning in my heart. It's burning in my heart. And I'm telling you, we're living in the day and the hour of the coming of Jesus Christ. We can't sit around and twiddle our thumbs and think we've got another day and think we got another opportunity Brothers and sisters, there can't be missed opportunities. There can't be missed chances. Time and time. I mean, at some point that prayer's gotta stop where we say, Lord, I promise if you just give me another chance, I'll do it. We gotta take the chance. We gotta seize the moment. We gotta get some boldness. We gotta get something in hearts that we believe that Jesus is a soon and returning King. And we've got to get people to heaven. Amen. Amen. We're just going to skip all the introduction. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you all think that's out of order? It isn't. It isn't. That's the enthusiasm we need. That's a heart that's being touched with the spirit of God. Even right now as I speak, we need some people to get up and say, glory to God. I'm God's ambassador. I'm God's person. I believe it. I believe it. Well, you're not supposed to preach this way in the north. You do this in the south. No. This is the way it needs preached. There needs to be some passion. There needs to be some ump. I believe a lot of churches are falling asleep in the light that Jesus is coming. Now, listen, the Holy Spirit empowers and enables you for mission. The Holy Spirit, because when you start thinking about this, it gets overwhelming where I start shrinking because I'm like, who? What am I going to say? I'm to do what? I'm like Saul hiding in the feed sacks when they were saying, Where's King Saul? He needs to be king. He's hiding in the feed feed sacks. Kind of like, ooh, it's time for prayer. Hope pastor don't ask me to pray. Ooh. Hey, guys, we got to quit hiding. But the Holy Spirit enables you. Something I wanted, I've said it for two weeks, and I want us to get this, is, is Jesus emptied himself of being king of kings creator elohim um how many know jesus was there in the creation when he came to this earth as a human he emptied himself of the power he emptied himself of the deity he emptied himself as exalted king of kings he emptied himself as elohim creator god he emptied himself and got in a human body And went through it, the steps, just like we do. When Jesus was baptized in water, just like we are, Jesus was baptized in water just like we are because he came as a human. He was baptized in water as a human. And then the heavens opened up, and the Spirit Spirit descended on him like a dove. Now, don't get that mixed up. It just means the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Spirit came upon him and empowered him and enabled him, listen, because he emptied himself of it. He emptied himself of the healer, the miracle worker, knowing what to say. He was empty of all that. He was water baptized just like you. Then the Holy Spirit baptism came upon him. The voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Those same steps happen in you. You receive Jesus. You are water baptized. Heaven opens up. The Holy Spirit comes upon you to enable you to do your mission. And a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved son or daughter. Come on, that's you. And whom I'm well pleased. You have the full endorsement of heaven when you go out on your mission. Jesus emptied himself. Go ahead and admit we're empty. Go ahead and admit you can't heal. Go ahead and admit you can't do any miracles. Go ahead and admit that you can't read people's thoughts and get word of knowledge so you can help them. Go ahead and admit that that you don't have the wisdom of the scriptures and you don't and you may not know everything. Go ahead and admit and admit that 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 sometimes uh, uh, your you, your tongue gets tangled and and you have you, the words just don't seem to be there. Go ahead and and admit that you're empty and know that you're empty. But also know this: that when God's Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are no longer tongue tangled. You are a person of fluency. When God's Spirit comes upon you, you are no longer a person that can't heal, that can't do miracles, that doesn't know insight, that doesn't know the Word of God. Because freely, you've been given everything by the Holy Spirit, and the same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus Christ is the same Holy Spirit that fills you. The same miracle-working power that Jesus... Took and, and split the loaves and the fishes It's the same Holy Spirit that works in you. The same Holy Spirit that reached out and healed the sick and told people to be that were demonic to be set free. The same Spirit rests in you. It's the same Spirit. It's the same. Open up your eyes and see that today. Open up your heart and receive it today. Because this is what the enemy doesn't want you to know. You are emptied so you can be empowered just like Jesus. Now, now, there are gifts that come to you. The Holy Spirit enables us and he empowers us. Guys, I'm sorry, but I'm a little reckless today, but I am passionate about this sermon. I'm passionate about this sermon. The Holy Spirit, he gives, everybody look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, or brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. I'm telling you, the reason I preach just like I did for the last 10 minutes is I believe people are ignorant of who they are in Christ and the Holy Spirit baptism that is ours in him. I believe we are ignorant of spiritual gifts. We don't know about spiritual gifts. We don't know who we are. We don't know what we can do. And so we walk around impotent when God wants us to be potent for him. Amen. I believe that. So we can't be ignorant. There are differences of ministries. Uh, that there's diversities of gifts. Again, that gifts in the Greek means charisma. Charis means grace. Some people name their kids Charis. Charis means grace, and ma means gifts. So it says that there that there are diff- there that there are diversities of gifts. In other words, there are diversities of everybody say grace gifts. Grace write this down Grace is the ability to do something you can't do. The Bible says for by grace you're saved through faith not it's the gift of God not works I see Grace saves you because you were enabled to save yourself. Grace gifts are the ability to do things that you normally can't do. There's diversities of ministries but the same Lord there's diversities of activities. everybody circle that activities. There's diversities of activities. That activities is a Greek word called energama. And energama is where we get our word energy. Are you all with me? Energy, but the same God who works all in all. So this means the energy of the Spirit of God blows into the gifts through the works of the Holy Spirit. The energy of God comes into the gifts, and then he gives them to believers. And then it says, but the manifestation, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of reading in the Bible that Jesus heals and not see anybody healed. That Jesus sets free from discouragement and depression. That Jesus can set the oppressed free if if you have alcohol or drug, prescription or non-prescription drug. that that you're addicted to, that you are under the influence, under the power of that, that it's almost to a point of, of dependency and you're under the influence and under the power to where you can't control what you do. We're not supposed to live like that. We're not supposed to live like that because there is supposed to be a manifestation. We're not just supposed to read about it. We're to experience it. And not only experience it, we're to do it. So there's a manifestation to each one for the profit of all. So what happens on these nine gifts of the Spirit? And we hit three last week. You can go back and get the tape or you can go online and and listen to the first one that was done last week. But we talked about word of knowledge. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. Now these nine gifts of the Spirit... um, Put them in two categories. Write this down. It's not in your notes. On the nine gifts of the spirit, we've got discerning or perceiving gifts. Those are the ones we did last week. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirit. Even this week, somebody called and, and shared something they were going through and wondered if it was natural or demonic. Well, we have discerning of spirit where we're able to discern if something's demonic or not. Amen? Amen. And then, uh, then we have the declare. Then we have the dynamic or the power gifts, are the next three. And then we have the. Here's the third category. We have the declarative or the proclaiming gifts. So there's three categories of these nine gifts: one, discerning and perceiving; two, dynamic and power; and three, declarative and proclaiming. Okay. But whatever these gifts are, what this scripture read that we just. That what this scripture says that we just read is wherever you're at at work, don't don't walk around and say, "Oh, I have the gift of healing," or "I have this." No, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You got all the nine gifts if you need them. Are you all out there? Don't don't limit yourself saying, "Ooh, I can't do that one because I don't have that gift." That's hogwash. You got all of them. Okay. You're filled with the Holy Spirit, and he is these things. But what he does is whatever situation you're in, he says, Oh, on this one, you need a little bit of word of knowledge here because you need to read that guy's mail because he needs to know I'm real. And then after you read his mail, you're going to need the gift of healing because what you told him is going to open him up and hurt him because it's something that he's lived in guilt and shame with for 15 years. And you're going to have to do the gift of healing for some emotional healing. You're to have to, and you're going to need discerning of spirit. Because while you're praying for him, you're going to be, need to discern different things that's been binding him. And keeping him, different roots in his heart that's keeping him from going forward. So you may be in a situation where out of the nine gifts, you need three or four of them to be an effective minister. So you know what the Holy Spirit does? Is he wants you to step out first and go for it, pin your ears back and say, if I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for Christ. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something for God. That's what I did. First, you got to get over yourself and and get over, well, what, what if nothing happens? Well, what if I'm wrong or... It's all about you. Get get your eyes off you and how you look, and start getting on what's matter. It ain't about you. It ain't about if people like what you say or how you said it or if get that self in, in absorbed. It's not about you. It's about God. Amen. So so after you do that, then then the Holy Spirit says, "Oh, my servant needs word of knowledge, healing, discerning of spirit. And prophecy. And so these gifts, he does in Nergama. He goes, <sighs> and he blows his energy. Dave Dearmond, just like the energy that fluttered when God said, let there be light. Dave is a creation, he's a geologist that teaches creation. He, he said when, in the beginning when that happens, and, and God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit was like a fluttering energy force that whatever God said, energy came on to happen, and it was. That's what happens with the gifts of the Spirit. When you need them, grace gifts are you need something you can't do. Well, let me tell you something, none of you can heal. But there's a grace gift that God can go, and you're a healer all of a sudden. There's a grace gift where we was sheetrocking rocking one time out in the middle of nowhere helping a church, and this is a true story. I'm a mudder, and I can guess how much mud we needed. We were 15 five-gallon five buckets of mud short. ...to finishing this job for this little Assembly God church in southern Illinois. Brothers and sisters, we put the thing in that you pump to spray all this stuff that you see on the walls. It should have took 15 gallons, 5 gallons, not gallons, 15, 5 gallons... Brothers and sisters, we put that in there, and four hours later, we were pumping out of the same bucket, and every single wall was sprayed in a 16,000-square-foot building. It's a miracle because God said, whew, there's no more money nor time to go to the store. I believe we'll just do us a miracle. God's in the business of miracles. He's in the business of that whatever, you're empowered with these supernatural gifts to where when you're sitting with somebody at a restaurant, God will give you a word of knowledge why their marriage isn't working. What is the hang up in their business? What is that deep ground root to where? The littlest thing causes you to just fly off at people. And they're like, jeez, what I do? Word of knowledge can tell you what that is. So you can, somebody say help. Help someone. That's why it said to profit with all. The problem we have in the church world is people want gifts so everybody can say, ooh, look at the miracle worker. Ooh, look at him. If if we can just get over ourselves, we might be able to do something for the Lord. It isn't about you. Oh, it, it's when people tell witnessing stories, it's almost you're listening to them and you're like, Are you telling this story to glorify God? Or are you telling this story so everybody can know what you did? Get over yourself, man. I, I believe if we'll ever if we'll ever get over ourselves and start walking in humility. I'm telling you, the gifts, grace gifts, work through humility. God resists the proud. He opposes the proud. But he gives grace to humble people. He gives the ability to do something. It, hey, this, this, this ministry isn't about building Brian's ministry. I care less about that. Fill the church, it so we can go, woo-hoo, church is filled. No, it's to get souls out of hell. It, it, it's 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 if, if we can lay down our ministries and lay down ourselves and lay down our agendas and truly start caring. You know, I'm all over this place, but I'm preaching everything, those notes, so we're hit everything. But when on on the three we're talking about today: healing, miracles, and faith on on on, on healing, do, do you know one way when I was praying about that, the Lord said, you know one way you know if you can move in the gift of healing? I said, no, what is it, Lord? And it says, if when you see somebody that is maimed or sick, see, some people can see that and just don't see it, no big but I mean, you go to the mall, you, you, you go to the store, you're you like. When I see somebody that's crippled, or, or somebody that can't talk, or man, it, it 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 tugs on me. I, 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 the, a, a compassion comes over me where I'll start crying inside and hurting inside, and and I'll say, man, Lord. If Man, I would heal that person. I would, I really would do that. And the Lord's like, "Well, do it." But then you get caught up on being afraid, I guess, or something. But we gotta quit being afraid. Which gets me to the first one, the gift of faith. See, they all work together. That's why I'm kind of glad I'm not going. We're gonna talk about faith, then we're gonna talk about miracles, then we're gonna talk about. It's almost best to talk about them together. The gift of faith, it's different than general faith. How many know, How many just always had a general faith of God, creator, that you've always just had a general faith? Well, that's one way of faith. And then you have, and Paul talked about the measure of faith. In um, Romans chapter 12, uh, he talks about the measure of faith. And then... Um, Paul also talks about in Galatians where he says the fruit of the Spirit, faith. Which if you study that out, that's kind of like faithfulness. But So you hear about genuine faith. You hear about the measure of faith. You hear about the fruit of the Spirit, faith. But I'm telling you, the gift of faith is different than all three of those. The gift of faith is... You all remember in the 80s, how many 80s people we have? Anybody living in the 80s? Amen. Well, how many remember freshen up gum? How many remember freshen up gum? Does anybody remember that? Freshen up gum was this piece of gum, and we thought it was so cool. I mean, you were cool if you carried freshen up gum. Okay? So anyway, you took freshen up gum And when you would bite on it, it would just burst with all this juice. Brothers and sisters, that's the gift of faith. The gift of faith is freshen up gum. No. The gift of faith is when you, the gift of faith is when when you walk in today and the speaker or the projector isn't working. And guys, we took... Two ladders this morning, and crossed them, and sent Matthew up that ladder, and he was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> I mean this ladder, it's like the it's like the comedy where the ladders." Whoa, yeah. And Matthew's hanging on, he's hanging on, baby. And oh goodness, where's where's Jeremy and and uh, Tammy at today? Tammy, are you in here? I saw Tammy somewhere. Well, don't tell Tammy. It is God she's not in the room right now. No, <laughs> But, you know, that and then trying to figure out the speakers and uh, lights different and all that stuff. And and then the headset didn't work this morning. That's why I'm using
1: this. And
0: the headset needed to work because we're trying to hold babies and that stuff. But you know what? I'm I, I already don't like getting it, getting up here. Already. And, but then when that's happening, and then uh, you guys were pretty good. Nobody dump, dumped dumped a big old dump truck on me today. <laughs> but sometimes you get a dump truck dumped on you. And, I, and, and I'm sitting here like shaking. I, I, I got to get get, get, get get in front of people. And, and I'm trying to think what I studied. And I can't remember a thing I studied and all that. And you're shaking. And the gift of faith is boom. Just a boldness takes it to where you people say, you, you scared? Petrified. I'll be honest with you. It, petrified. You don't know what to say at the hospital when you're going? No, just like you don't. You don't know what scriptures you're going to? No, just like you don't. Let gift of faith, if you get out there and just, one time the Lord told me, he said, quit being a thermometer, be a thermostat. Quit measuring things and turn the heat up. So I'm sitting there saying, well, Lord, if I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for Christ. And when I run up here, I take this pulpit, and you guys are like, calm down, man. It's a complete switch because the gift of faith, boom, just charged that's Acts 4.13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness. Everybody say boldness. Because they were like, man, these guys haven't had special training. Guys, that's powerful. Put that up, that Acts uh, 4.13. This is powerful. The members of the council, they were amazed because they saw the boldness of these guys. They could see they were just ordinary men. Look at that. I want, I want everybody to see that. That's per- Make that personal. The people in your world, they're so amazed when they see your boldness because they can just see you're ordinary man that put on, you, you, you're just ordinary people with no special training in this Bible, but there's something powerful about you. There's a boldness. Acts 4.31 says, after this prayer, the meeting shook and they were filled with the, God, with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word with Boldness. Guys, the gift of faith is boldness. It's a boldness that hops in you. Guys, it's a boldness when you're in Africa and you kneel down in 20,000 people, 20,000 people, and you kneel down and you say, we're going into prayer now. We just pray something like this. Lord, we pray that the kingdom of God would come on this fairgrounds now. Lord, we pray that you would manifest your glory in this African nation today. Lord, we pray that signs and wonders will happen tonight. We pray for salvation. We're praying for the altar call. And all of a sudden, all across the, the room, you just see these holes start opening up. Just holes, a black sea of black people because there's zero white. And these holes just open up. And tens of Tens of twenties and hundreds of people, hundreds, because there's thousands of people there, 20,000, 25,000, are convulsing because in they're in witchcraft and demon possession, and they're salivating, and their eyes turn like snake eyes, and, and they're speaking in English. They don't even know the English language, and they're cursing you, and they're spitting on you, and they're boldness will hit you. And they do it like a rock concert. They just shuffle them across the congregation because you can't get through. And then you're on the stage. And one time there were so many. I'm a country boy. I was taking them like feed sacks. Like feed sacks and made me a whole stack of demonized people. And then we pulled them out by their legs. (laughs) And you know what? We had people Ordinary people. If Mike Sereno was here, he'd tell you. We had people, ordinary people, that had never seen something like that, start casting out devils. Because a grace gift came on them to do something they couldn't do as the musicians are coming. Is Jamie here? Jamie and Chris come up here. What we're going to do the rest of this service is we're kind of changing up our service a little bit to where we go back into worship at the end of our service. They'll have two songs, maybe three songs. But if you would, um, I'm not correcting anybody because um, no, there wasn't direction said or nothing. But if you could stay for that time, because our service is the same amount of time. We've just changed it a little bit, like Let's stay in here during this worship time and honor God with worship. There's going to be time of prayer. Let's just don't start getting in the back and talking and going to the foyer. Uh, Let's stay in here. Are you all with me? I'm not being mean by saying that, am I? But let's stay in here and worship the Lord. And we're going to have prayer and stuff today. And then uh, Josh or somebody will dismiss us, right, Braden? There will be somebody dismiss you, so you'll know when it's time to dismiss. And at that time, it doesn't mean we're stopping prayer and stuff. It just means we're letting people go. But we, we, we felt God lay that on our heart to do that. And sometimes when things change and stuff, be real careful about being critical about things. And saying, well, I don't know. be careful about that. Here's why. Because I'm telling you, that's something that I felt the Lord put on my heart to do it in that way. So if you're opposing that, you're opposing something. I, I'm, as your leader, I'm feeling God's wanting to do that. So you might be opposing something God's wanting to do. So be careful with that. Okay? Be careful with that. But uh, something God's telling me is he's saying, Brian, send out the 300. And that's you. Send them out to their workplace. Send them out to their neighborhoods. But the other things he's telling me is send them out in home groups. And, guys, people are starting to hang out together at Church on the Rock after church. And they're just talking about what they learned at church and and, and eating some food together and stuff. But then they're taking these messages serious. And they've been talking about what I've been preaching on. And they've been saying, hey, let's do it. And here's one thing that happened in a small group in the last couple weeks. Now, you had something wrong with your body. What was wrong with your body, Jamie?
2: I can uh, testify to you guys today that um, my neck, if you were to look at my profile, my head was literally positioned in front of my shoulders completely. So because my neck was protruding forward, I actually had a hump at the base of my neck from all the muscles and tendons and everything being pulled. And I can tell you guys that for years I was in chronic pain every day of my life.
0: And you went to this home group after church. In fact, I heard you guys are doing it today where you're going to go hang out at this house, have some food. And anybody can go the way I understand. Oh, you're going to kill me for that one. You have 60 people there. And, And you guys just talk about, man, pastor said we could do this, this, and this. And so somebody said, well, let's just pray for you, Jamie. And what happened?
2: what's really cool is uh, somebody in the group actually received a word of knowledge from the Lord uh, to pray for my spine. And I thought to myself...
0: They didn't know it? You, you hadn't said
2: it? Heard from the Holy Spirit. Pray for her spine.
0: I didn't know that. Woo! So, she's going to have lunch and somebody walks up and says, the Holy Spirit's telling me that something's wrong with your spine.'" Holy smoke. I didn't know that. That's word of knowledge. Woo-woo. Thank you, God.
2: And that person had faith to act on that. That's the other thing.
0: So the gift of faith kicked in because they was like, oh, I can't do this. This is myself. What if it doesn't happen, but they didn't do that, right? Correct. So what'd they do?
2: Uh, Well. let's do it so uh, we went on the back deck and and grabbed another sister in the Lord so there were three of us and what I thought was really neat is my other sister had actually pulled out the word of God and said you know uh, it's important that you have faith that you're going to receive that healing today and I said sister I'm lacking no faith whatsoever if God wants to do this let's get it on you know get it on Mm -hmm. so they anointed me with oil they began to pray over me and I'm telling you guys I've had other healings before but I hadn't necessarily felt the healing take place this this was so drastic um felt my neck sort of get loose, and I thought, okay, this is about to happen right now, (laughs) and uh, like I said, my neck was protruding forward, I mean, inches, my head was literally in front of my shoulders, it felt like somebody had their hand on my chin and just kept pushing it back, 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 and it it was so drastic how far back it was going, I remember thinking to myself in the moment that it was happening, if I keep going backwards, I'm going to end up on the other side of this chair, and uh, yeah, so it finally stopped going backwards, and then it just started setting down, down. Uh, The testimony goes on, right, because I still had this hump in my back, and I was really sad about that, because that's where the source of my pain was. And, uh, you know, they just said, we're believing the Lord that you're going to be healed by tomorrow morning. So after receiving this amazing uh, miracle from the Lord, I went home and I thought, wow, I don't know, you know, what if he doesn't really want to complete the healing? And I just had to confess that and ask for forgiveness for that after witnessing such a powerful um, healing. So I just praised the Lord and asked for his forgiveness. I said, Lord, if you want to heal this hump on my back, I just pray that you remove any unbelief whatsoever. He woke me up at three o'clock in the morning with a song on my heart. And uh, I just started worshiping the Lord at three o six in the morning. And I thought, I'm gonna go look in the bathroom to see if this hump is gone. But the Holy Spirit clearly said, not right now. So I went back to bed, I woke up the next morning and hallelujah, praise God, that hump was completely gone.
0: I mean, she's taking selfies. She's taking selfies, and all that happened started out of this service today. See, something's going to happen today for you. Chris, uh, tell us a little bit about your shoulder. Same house.
1: I've had a very bad shoulder for the last 16 to 20 years. It would take me about three to four seconds just to fully my arm above my head like this. Okay. I've had, I was a, uh, I was a college baseball player out in Las Vegas, and uh, after my freshman year, I had my first operation. And within the first three years after that, I had four operations on my shoulder. So rotator cuff, I've had pins, I've had labrum tears, the whole nine yards.
0: So, so now you're at this group, you've got arthritis, you,
1: you're, you're hurting all the time, a miracle just happened. Well, what happened? So probably about 15 minutes after Jamie left my house, I was just sitting, my wife told uh, Jeff, tell him your testimony. So Jeff's telling me his testimony, and I'm sitting on the back, I'm sitting there, every you see me, I'm always in my kitchen. So I'm sitting there in the kitchen on, leaning against my sink. So I'm sitting there like this, listening. So as I'm sitting there like that, listening, he goes, Chris, this is how my whole testimony went, so I, just an ordinary guy. Just an ordinary guy. Tell me his testimony. I'm just like, wow. So when I said, yeah, I've got a bad shoulder, I go watch this, and it literally just is about as long as it takes me to raise my my arm. He goes, Chris. He goes, we're gonna we're gonna pray for. He goes, you're gonna sit there and say, Lord, your arm is healed in the name of Jesus, right? He goes, I'm not gonna pray for you. And you know, three seconds later, we're praying on my shoulder. So as he's sitting there praying over my shoulder, I'm sitting back like this big grin on my face, kind of like little kids. What are you getting into? I felt something. I'm about to bust out laughing. Oh, I felt something. I'm new in my faith. If, If you don't understand, it probably sounds crazy to you, which, understand, I was there in your shoes. So as I'm sitting there, he's praying, we're praying that, Lord, please give the healing of my shoulder as it was in the womb when my mother was pregnant with me. So right at the end, he goes, Chris, say, you were healed in the name of Jesus. I said, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. He goes, lift your arm up. I jump back. Right? So then all of a sudden, I go like this. And I couldn't do that. So then I'm like, I got to do the ultimate test. So all of a sudden, I'm like. <laughs> and he went outside and started. I went outside. I started throwing. And I used to be able to throw a ball over 90 miles an hour back in my teens. Now, remember, when you get me and Chris's age, you add 10 or 12. Right. So, but a few days before that, I tried to throw a tennis ball to my daughter. And this was my motion. I couldn't even throw the ball 10 feet. And it was not much pain. I can't sleep on it. Now I can. Praise. After experiencing a healing... It's true. Is You guys probably sit there and you think to yourself, is he real? Why am I not healed? Keep thanking him that you are going to be healed. Quit asking for help me, help me, help me. Just say thank you. Thank you for everything.
0: Do, do you think God
1: wants to use you to go heal people?
0: I see it happening. Did
1: you hear me preaching today? Well, I heard you. Is he going to use you to do things? He will use me as he used uh, the other people that gave as he used to help me. Amen. And you'll do it if he asks you? Absolutely. All
0: right. That's what we need. It's time for some people of God to get bold. I'm going to close with this. Braden's going to go into some worship songs. The prayer team is going to come up with some people. Anything you need prayer from. If you want to come to Christ, if you need a physical healing, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need a job, if you've got a relational problem, we're going to have two or three songs. The prayer team's going to come up here. We want you to come and pray. If you want to come and not be prayed on with the prayer team, you just want to come and be alone. Just say, hey, I want to be alone. But we're going to go back in and set an atmosphere of worship. Will you all help me with that? Will you all help me with that? Let's set an atmosphere of worship. The Spirit of the Lord's going to come in here. We're going to see some miracles, signs, wonders, salvations, healing. But the most important thing, here's what God told me, and I close with this. He said, Brian, I want there to be an outbreak of revival. As you 300 people, there's going to be an outbreak in the schools. There's going to be an outbreak in job places. There's going to be an outbreak in your home. There's going to be an outbreak in our schools because we're going out as God's 300 We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church in the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.